Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, and your forgiveness. And we just thank you for who you are, God, and the standard that you have set and who you've called us to be as well, Lord. And we ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to continue to minister to each and every one of us, Lord, as we enjoy your word this morning, Lord, and we get to discover more about you, Lord, and become more conformed to your image, Lord, to get closer to that that mark, Lord, to hitting that target, Lord, and getting the bullseye. And we just thank you for our listeners and our partners, Lord, and the, the blessings that you're pouring out on them, Lord. So we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So um, good morning, everybody. Welcome. That's ours. China. collect my thoughts. There are, there are many. Um, <laughs> the Lord's always speaking, right? And that he is. Man, uh, just, uh, you know, we have the mind of Christ. So I'm just letting him put them in order for me. So I want to welcome everybody. And... Mm-hmm. We're still continuing in Romans. We're on chapter 8. And after our last episode, there were many comments that people had that um, here um, and things the Lord had, had spoken to them. And, you know, they wanted to have the opportunity to comment on that. So we are going to relook at um, the same chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. So um, we're going to reread that scripture and then. Open the floor up. All right. So, can I get a volunteer to read from Romans 8, chapters, or sorry, verses 12 through 17, please? I will. All right, Charles. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirits of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with the Spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So the floor is open for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you or has spoken and ministered to you so we can all grow and and grow in him together. And of course, if you got any questions, please ask them. So who'd like to begin? Well, I just had a thought real quick while you were talking and you were declaring over yourself that you have the mind of Christ. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's true. And then it made me think about what we've been reading in chapter eight of Romans, um, verses six and seven, but the whole chapter talking about being carnally minded versus spiritually minded. 
the Lord already declared in First Corinthians uh, chapter two, verse sixteen, that we have the mind of Christ. So to persist and and try to operate from a carnal mind is directly in opposition to what God has already said, and we know that what God says is truth. So it's just like, oh yeah, there's another angle, God. There's another proof that you've already stated that you've already provided that the mind of Christ, the spiritual. Um, mind's perspective is the way that we should be going. And it's almost like when God says, here, I gave you all these things going, no, God, no, you didn't. Right. That would be calling him a liar. But it's deeper than that, right? Is it's what? It's doubting. Mm. It's doubting. And what is doubt? At its core, it's a breaking of faith, mm-hmm. which isn't that the exact same thing that Moses and Aaron and King Saul and and all these others were chastised for? Yes. It's a breaking of faith. Mm-hmm. It's disobedience. It's telling the Lord, I I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Even though, right, it, it, that's essentially what you're saying to the Lord's face. Mm-hmm. It's doubting. Wow. So let's, uh, let's understand that. Let's understand the Lord's perspective on it and address it and deal with that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the mind of Christ. So Amen. I agree with the Lord. Dean, did you have something? I'm I'm excited to hear. <clears throat> yeah, I got I got a lot of somethings. So, ah, oh, praise okay. the Lord. And you you took me on a different um, track in that. So I guess uh, John made you think of something, then you made me think of something <laughs> uh, for that. So as you were saying it, it seemed to me, and, and and maybe this is more obvious than realized. Maybe I've heard somebody say it that didn't drive as deep, you know. But um, you said the mind of Christ is spiritual, right? So. The carnal mind itself. It's pretty simple. Amen. So any any anytime we think we've got it. Yeah, wow. And we're not I'm gonna say weighing. We're not um truly seeking what are you saying, Lord? Mm-hmm. And then being empowered by that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty safe bet it's carnal. Amen. <clears throat> yeah. So Amen. Anyway, that's what I was thinking of that. So um I had I had a few things. Um I wanted to go back to uh, where LeCharles had jumped into uh, in the last um, lesson a little bit about um, he was going back to the garden, mm-hmm. right? And then um, and I want to take that over into Luke 19.10 for just a second. And um, I'm going to read directly out of the interlinear. It doesn't read real well, but I like the translation of it. <clears throat> and it says, um, you don't have to go there. I'll just read it because y'all don't have my translation anyway, so. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a Bible drill. Hey, you know oh, we're up for it. We're there. I know. I know. You mentioned, you mentioned <laughs> chapter and verse. That this the pages are turning. Yeah. So uh, came for the Son of Man to seek and to save that having been lost. Mm-hmm. So some Bibles translate seek and save that which was lost, mm-hmm. and some say just the lost. <clears throat> I think this is a more accurate translation, and to me, it makes me think. So what really was lost? And so in context of LaCharles, where you were last time in going back to Genesis in the garden, what was lost? I'd say in that moment was the closeness to God that they enjoyed inside the garden. That's what was lost. I think that's a fantastic answer because that's exactly (laughs) what I think. And I really think that gets lost because some, I didn't mean to say lost, but I think that's what gets missed by so many people is 
they want to affix Christ came to get the lost people. Hmm. And I don't think that's an accurate translation. He wanted the restoration of the intimacy and true, uninhibited, pure intimacy that we had with God, Him, Holy Spirit, all that. That's the most important thing. There's nothing else that matters in that. That's what He came to restore. That's what was lost that He wanted to bring back. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved how you were going there in Genesis. So it made me think about it. And so, Amen. Um, earlier in that. So, um, that's all I had on that. There wasn't anything huge or deep in that. But um, a couple things to throw out. Um, see who wants to pick up on this. So um, I think Kamisha probably will jump on this one pretty quick. But if we look at um, verse 17, and we go into air, of oh, oh, Romans 8, back to Romans 8. We look at heirs, right? So if, if, if I'm an heir, I have an expectation of an inheritance. Mm-hmm. There's something there. If, mm-hmm. I, if, I, if somebody did not have... Um, um, uh, 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 a will, a portfolio, uh, um, uh, anything to offer me, then it would be of no value to be an heir, right? There's an expectation of something there. And the other day I saw somebody put something up on social media. This is, a, this is a, somebody who claims to be quite a Christian. And um, although the point they were making was worth making, and they were basically saying, you know, Jesus was not an American nationalist, right? He wasn't pro-white, pro-American that's not what that that's mess, messing up the message, and you see a lot of people putting stuff on social media. You know, it makes it sound like you know America's first above every other nation, and craziness that doesn't line up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even even our pledge you have to watch. I pledge allegiance to the flag, and we we need to pledge our allegiance to our Savior first. Mm-hmm. And so our, our our relationship with God is always going to come before nation. Although nations are a concept that clearly God developed mm-hmm. for us to have. But uh, the the person was posting uh, that and then says, in contrast, they said, um, and two key things about Jesus. Jesus was poor and homeless. Hmm? And they were trying to make a statement that we're not doing enough. We're not giving away enough. Our lifestyles are too grand. <laughs> we, you know, as Americans and all this, and I'm like, you know, um, so, you know, um, although Christ seemingly did not choose a house to own to live in christ was not homeless even when he makes a reference about you know foxes have dens and birds have nests that's not what he was trying to get at he was trying to help them understand counting the cost of the life that they're choosing to be led by the spirit and to be led by him and into that fullness and that intimacy so but i don't think there's anything that lines up with him being poor or being homeless. So I'd love for somebody yeah. to jump in on that well, one first. Because we, we, we can't, talked we can't about have that. heirs if we're heirs to a poor guy. A, that's an insult. I mean, <laughs> when someone is impoverished, they don't even use the word heir. It's not even applied to poor people. And heir, they, they don't even use it. I've, I've, never seen, I've never seen or heard that, that they're talking no. about an heir of, you know, not even two nickels to rub together. Well, so, you know, <laughs> he's looking at well, that. Well, there's a couple things. We don't realize here, the contradictions that we've allowed to come in, mm-hmm. right? There, there's many people I think that have a heart for the Lord, mm-hmm. but because of religion, have mm-hmm. missed it. So they're 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 reading the Bible and they under they at a level understand that they are an heir with Christ, but they fail to miss where they may have been taught that poverty and self denial 
in this manner of poverty mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a virtue to be espoused as christians um where you may be called to poverty or you may be called to less that's if you're being led by the spirit but it's not a teaching that we have as part of our religion and it's not consistent with how christ was and no. so that's why i wanted to to bring it because no. here's a verse clearly saying different i think well let's look at how christ lived his life right and we've we discussed this in a previous episode christ being the last adam lived like the first adam and i say that in the sense of he lived knowing and trusting that god had already provided every need he ever had and you saw that demonstrated in his life and he also guarded and governed what the lord had given him in the area of the territory that he had given him which is the same way we are called to live and to reconcile things back and if we're again about the we'll say how much possessions or wealth or whatever you have right um been given or blessed or the lord has given you ultimately he gave you the ability he's given us the ability to make wealth right mm-hmm. what about abraham what about job these people were clearly rich what about solomon what about the lord put that and what about the garden itself exactly the had garden right we just read that in isaiah in it we just read that in Isaiah 63, that the Lord was going to do these things, and people, the surrounding people that didn't believe were going to go, man, this is just like the Garden of Eden. These are people that never saw the Garden of Eden, but they were going to say, it's just like the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing thing. But then I have to ask the question, right? Um, because the Lord is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. So why is it that the world tries to put these blocks or limitations on Christians or on believers. Where are, where are any of the people saying, well, why does Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or anybody else, what, why are they allowed to have 15 houses but Christians or believers are not? Well, I think a big part of it, number one, this is a espousing Christian yeah, who, right. who put this up. So that's a whole other component. So there's, there's, people don't realize the false teaching that they've received and that they've mm-hmm. embraced as truth. That's right. clearly a lie, but I think that you know the the bigger part of where you're going with that question is is um, it's irrelevant what the unbelievers think about me as a believer. Absolutely, have, it's absolutely irrelevant, one hundred percent. So how they regard me, that's their misunderstanding, and they need to they need to have a conversation with God about that, not me. Right. Well, mm-hmm. but I from from myself because it, it begins with me, right? If the Lord is and through His Holy Spirit speaking something that's convicting me of how I'm utilizing the wealth and and the resources that he's given me then i need to deal with that and if that means i need to give it all away right as you saw christ asked the rich young ruler then that's what i should do out of obedience to him but if he's not saying that Mm -hmm. then if that's not something that that the lord is saying is an issue in my life right then don't muzzle the ox while he's threshing right okay so that's between the Lord and myself. Mm-hmm. And if there's an issue from someone else perceiving or trying to insinuate something, that that's between them and the Lord, right? right. I shouldn't be condemned or because of someone else. What did Christ say? I'm the one who the Lord testifies of me, as in the Father is testifying of me and of my works. Well, I think it goes yeah. to a similar place we've heard, like, of course, you know, the, the parable of the workers in the field is a great one, mm-hmm. right? Who are you to say what I pay him? Mind you your agree, business. You, uh, what's <laughs> yeah. that? Mind your business is basically what he was telling them. Right, right. And, you know, did, um, you and I talk about, yeah. Right. I mean, we talk about, um, you know, uh, our friend 
uh, our pastor friend who is always in defense of the church when people talk about the church and, and you, know, you know watch what you say about another man's wife you know the church is the bride of Christ mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so who am I to tell God what he's supposed to be doing with one of his people mm-hmm. so there's, there's a whole other component that you, you don't even have any right to speak against that even if the person is wrong in where they are with the Lord and how they're using wealth that's that's irrelevant to you. Are you right with the Lord right now? And mm-hmm. and chances are, if you're having that, those kind of thoughts, you're probably not. Mm-hmm. And you know, back to being an heir with Jesus. Jesus went before he went to the cross. He he was telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit coming, and he said, "All that the Father has is mine." Exactly. That's why I said to you, the Holy Spirit will take of what belongs to me and declare it unto you. And, you know, if we flip to the back of the book, heaven is pretty decked out. <laughs> <laughs> Giant pearl, uh, you know, streets, stones, precious stones, making up foundations, things that we would not even really. It's such a small thing to put a, a precious stone on. Right. But God, what we would his concrete. It's a it's precious gold. stone. It's, it's gold. His it's gates gold. are made with you one know. giant pearl. Each so. gate. Like, but even in the natural things, right? It says, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If he was hungry, he would not tell you. Exactly. Like, and so, and all but of But we that, are joint heirs to all of that, both in the spiritual and the natural. Right. And so when we, if we look at, um, I, I mentioned that in a, a previous podcast this week, um, that the, the prodigal son, Right. That was a wealthy family that he walked away from. And in Jesus describing what the kingdom of heaven was like and describing and articulating, he could have said the woman in the shoe, you know, who <laughs> 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 had so many kids, you didn't know what to do. And yeah. one of them decided he was going to leave. Right. And and mama wouldn't let him back in. I can assure you that if that's know, the case, she would have kept that boy locked out. <laughs> exactly. She would have been so grateful to get the burden off, you know, um, but he did it. Jesus did not mince words and he did not, he was purposeful in everything that he said. So realizing that we have oneness with him and there's value to that oneness. And it's not just relegated to financial things, but it does include financial blessing. Because if he said to them in in Matthew, Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to put on or where you're going to live. Because my father feeds the birds of the air who neither toil nor so, right? They don't do anything yes. or reap, but yet he feeds them every day. Mm-hmm. So that's not some someone or something in lack. My and birds are always singing. The ones that I see around, they're always singing, chirping, always. happy, full. They're not skinny and shaking and falling down from starvation. You know, they're they're right. not. <laughs> and and the picture, flowers, the, the lilies, they're they're clothed in more beauty all, than all of Solomon and all his riches and. Everything did like, not compare to the beauty that God put in a flower, which is here today and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven. So how much more will he clothe and feed us? Oh, you have little faith. So clearly Jesus understands and he's not talking about squalorly, but he's also not talking about living with your mind focused on accumulation and putting your hope in natural things. Well, that's and, you, you mentioned. I love the teaching about the streets of gold in heaven. Uh-huh. It's perspective. You also have to take that in perspective. That when we really understand where we are with Christ, that gold is worth nothing to us but just trample underfoot. 
Just walk it's, on it. it. Yeah, it's just not even. It's not even. It makes good treats. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, whoopee, right? Right. And it's nothing to love. And that's what I was going to say about the rich young ruler. It wasn't about him giving away his stuff. It was about him having another God exactly before the God. He had a God, an idol he had set up of his wealth. And Jesus was saying, you kept all the other commandments except for the first one. You shall have no God, right? You shall have no other God before me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You forgot those commandments. Yeah, you didn't fornicate and adulterate and you loved your parents and yada yada, but you skipped number one. So come back and do this and now you're really right. But we look at it in the natural because that's a human thing. You remember who who loves wealth and, and to be in preeminence? Think about the wicked one. What did he go to and tell Jesus when he took him up on the pinnacle? What did he say? I'll, I'll give, give you all, all this these kingdom and glory. And all their glory. It wasn't ugly trash stuff. It was nice. And here's all this splendor, all this glory. I'll give it to you because he's the one that cares about that. Like you said, Dean, God's walking on it. His concrete is burl and onyx and sardis and topaz. That's his concrete and gold. And yeah, his gate is a pearl. Like each gate is a giant pearl. Yeah. One, a giant pearl. And it's not a, a, a skinny, squally little gate. It's a huge, I mean, come on now. So he's not... Is it 1,500 miles high or uh, feet high? It's, I don't even know. I can't even fathom. Uh, but right, Luke well, chapter You can look 12, that up. Well, yeah, even yet, look, but even heaven's not we're going to hang out because he's bringing a new heaven and new earth and right here. Hello. And this is yeah. a good God we serve. And, and I want to read Luke chapter 12 just real quick to kind of round this off. I'll just cut the, the story short and start in verse 18. It says, so he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. Now God can say fool, but you can't. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those, <laughs> then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and, is, and, 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 and is not rich toward God. So God had no problem with him having the barns and the storehouses because he already said in Deuteronomy, he was going to fill those things up. He said, and was it Malachi? The reaper is going to overtake the, um, the sower the, the, mm-hmm. they're going to be overtaking you. You can't sow it fast enough. And we're coming behind you to get it and reap in the harvest. That's God's idea. But his problem is if you love it, you have another God. He said, That's who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Put it in the right order. So wealth is not the world's idea. That's God's idea. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, as he was here in his earthly ministry, he had a place to live. He had a home. Right. He was not concerned with storing up treasure and his and any natural thing. He had his mind on spiritual things, which brings us right back to Romans chapter eight. He wasn't carnally minded, but spiritually minded. He was focused to do the will of the father. And, and to go back on you, you brought up, about Jesus having a home or not having a home, it says that uh, for qualifications of an elder, he must first manage his own household well. Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren, mm-hmm. but he was also the firstborn to natural uh, natural to Mary, to Mary mm-hmm. and, and Joseph, he her husband. Right. So he had to manage his own household well, and, and we're told, uh, Paul writes and says, but he was faithful 
and all of the Lord's house. So you see exactly the qualifications of elders, Jesus fulfilling. He managed his own household, because it doesn't mention Joseph for much of the Gospels. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he would have had to manage that. And in that, you also see on the cross where he tells John, hey, this is your mother, right? So he's putting a, an heir or someone to uh, disseminate, distribute the wealth and, and all the things of the house and to take care of, of the house and the parent honoring his mother as was required by law and, you know, under Christ. Well, right? cer- certainly Jesus understood how to manage wealth. Absolutely. And assets. So, I mean, you just think about his gifts at birth. Gold, frankincense, right? and myrrh. I, yeah, I believe he had enough gold at the very beginning. I believe it was all provided and that they were still probably living off of those assets because they were rightly used. And they mm-hmm. didn't just say, we're just going to live off of them because obviously his still father, worked. his earthly mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. or trade. surrogate father, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, yes. right, had a trade and they, mm-hmm. they had a business and they were self-employed. So they didn't just rest on that alone. Mm-hmm. And so the other reason I brought this up is, you mm-hmm. know, we, we've... Um, We've talked about a uh, video series about the life of Christ, mm. and I really enjoy it. But multiple times, they make it very clear that they were struggling, and there wasn't even enough food to eat in the camp. And even at one time, Jesus' mother says, it's really been tough since Joseph died, and it's been tough for us. I mean, she quotes that, says that. And I'm just like, mm. that's just not consistent that's with Scripture. Not, so, Right, when you can have a fishing hall that sinks boats at your word, there's no starving. <clears throat> yeah. There's no starving in right. that. When you can go get a fish out the water and it's got gold in its mouth to pay your taxes, that's not starvation. When your your robe that you had put on was so nice that the Romans, who had the nice things and were the luxurious people in the area, didn't want to mess it up when they were casting lots, right? They right. were dividing his stuff. They said, oh, oh, oh. This piece of linen's too fine <laughs> to cut it up. Don't mess it up. Don't cut it. Don't yeah. tear it. Let's... Rock, paper, scissors. Well, let's throw dice well, for it. Let's, let's even go back Old Testament. What did David say? I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Hello. Or begging for bread. Or his seed begging right? for bread. Or his seed begging for bread. What did you Amen. also see? In the wilderness, they had all those gold and, and all these, all this wealth <laughs> that the Lord give, gave them. And Repeatedly. Yes. Over and, and over every again, day. Ransack, they get... Get it right back again. And every day they received manna from heaven. Every day. Oh, we're talking about the children of Israel now. It, it, yeah, so mm-hmm. let's even go back there. To the children, they still received it. They were the still given. Right? They weren't ever without lack. That is not our God. And when they complained about receiving manna from heaven, he sent quail. And then they got in trouble. But well, don't, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Don't get in trouble. But I'm <laughs> just saying, for quail he, he provided all of their needs. And Abram provided some of their desires. Above and beyond. They had what they needed and above and beyond was provided. Why do we doubt our God? And so we are Why heirs do we try to limit things. him? Yes, we are heirs of good man. things. And that that revelation that the Holy Spirit uh, shared with you, I think it's been a couple weeks back now, about Jesus being in the garden. And it, he was in the garden. He wasn't looking for provision. He knew that he had it. It was his. He had access all the time, just like the prodigal son, the son that was with him. Um, there was a son that went away and lived with the harlots and the pigs and everything. And then came back and his father clothed him and gave him a, a robe and a ring and slaughtered the calf and had a party and everything else to welcome him home. But he had a son that was there working and he's and the son that that was there and never departed, got upset. 
because his brother was welcomed home in such a triumphant fashion. And he thought maybe he should be punished. But he said, son, don't you know, you've been with me all this time. All that you have is mine. All that I have is yours. And all I mean, you had sorry, to, yeah, all, the, <laughs> all that you had to do was ask. The, the yeah, son didn't have anything. All that I have is yours. Exactly. It's yours. And I'm thinking like Jesus. He said, all that the father has is mine. Exactly. They're, and I give to you. And freely go, therefore, into the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of men. Go do it. It's yours. Why are you worrying about it? It's your, the whole thing. God didn't even make man. He didn't form him until he had prepared a place for him, a rich and wealthy place. And not about accumulation and numbers and all that, but it was a good place according to God's eyesight. Mm -hmm. God looked at it and said it was good. And that's what matters. Not the world says, oh, I got the same thing that she has and he got the same thing that she has and blah, blah, blah. But God no, looked and said it, it was good. Exactly. It's not a Marxist, socialist, communist no. No, and it's society. not sharing one brain. No. One dumb worldly brain going, if if this is what we have. <laughs> but it is. It's one it's the world standard. And even if it's the silliest thing in the world, they'll all go get it because they share the one dumb brain. And God love them, God bless them. Come on to Jesus Christ. But that doesn't make any sense. God says what he says is good is what actually is good, not okay. what the world says. Because then it goes back to exactly what we've been discussing here. You started here. all this trouble. No, I'm just joking. No, it goes back to exactly what we've been discussing and Paul is discussing here, right? The natural mind cannot even begin to comprehend the things of God. It is enmity. It is at war mm. with the spiritual things. It cannot even begin to comprehend it. Amen. It cannot. Never mind try to limit our God and the things of God our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. So believers, don't let the enemy come into your mind and steal your liberty that you have in Christ. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ and not someone that should be begging or without because your God won't provide for you. I'm pretty sure many times it was referenced, Lord, especially Moses talking to the children of Israel, the world is going to, everybody, all these nations are going to say, you couldn't do it. You couldn't support them. You couldn't sustain them. You couldn't bring them into the provision. So that's not our God. And don't let anybody talk you out of what God has for you. Ask and you shall receive. Ask God for what you need. Don't try to take it for yourself and heaping up things as a way to make a God for yourself, an idol before the Lord. But know that your God has good for you and he has provision and everything he's called you to, he's also provided for you to do. So trust him, ask and you will receive. Knock, right? Yes. And it shall be open unto you and seek and you will find. God is faithful. No one else is, but he is. And that is 100% for sure. Jesus is always faithful. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today because there was a lot. And um, we'll pick it up again next time. All right. So okay. can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and staying there. And Lord, we also just thank you for making everything good and just making it where you just not scrambling around to make it good. And Lord, I also just thank thank you for just being strong. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.